This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. I'm so excited because I actually know this person. Is that exciting? I never (laughs) usually know the people I bring on. So I'm going to bring on the inspiring guest, Marion Biglin. But before I do, let me just tell you a little bit about Marion. Marion is the founder of Illuminate Coaching. I love the name. I love it. She just got a brand new website. It's all cool. She is a seasoned nonprofit leader turned executive coach. Marion is passionate about helping social impact leaders achieve their missions. Marion, welcome. Thank you, Sandy. It's really a joy to be here. And I love that your middle name is Joy because <laughs> I think of Joy when I think of you. It's very great to be here. Thanks for having me. Isn't that funny? You know, it's like I always said, you know, of all the things crazy life I had, I love the fact that I got my middle name, Joy, you know, it got me, it got me through a lot. So before we get started on what you're doing right now in the world, which I love, I love the name Illuminate and I like that you're taking people's already great attributes and then highlighting them even more. It's like crazy. It's perfect. And I love the new website. Thank I wanna, you. I do. We're going to start out. I like to start out with a totally different question and just go with the flow. If Great. you, you ready? So here mm-hmm. we go, Marin. If you had in the last year something that you could say, oh, Lordy, Lordy, could I have a do-over? Which we know there are no do-overs. Is there anything that you'd say, ooh, if I was starting from scratch, this is what I would do instead? Oh, in the last year. And if not, you can say, yo, Weston, not in the last year, but I can tell you something. Ten- now, I don't believe there's any wrong path. I believe it all works out. It got you where you are. But yeah. if you could look at something and go, the wiser Marion would have done this. Mm. Wow. You are, you are keeping it real right from the get-go. Um, I yeah. love it. <laughs> Um, let's see. It's such a good question. I mean, I like you, I, I believe that every step we take is like, you know, meant to be, and there's some learning in it. Um, but of course, looking back, we can be like, why was I so stressed about this thing? Um, I guess the one thing that pops into mind because you just brought into my, you know, we're top of mind talking about my new website. Um, I've been doing coaching and, and this work for five years. And I always said when I started out, I was like, oh, I'm going to build out a website once I figure out my brand and like, you know, what is what is what is my real name that I want to put out in the world? And I finally um, the name Illuminate finally came to me last March of 2019. And it was like kind of um, I knew it was the right name. It kind of I felt it in my body. I had my entire body tingled when the name came to me. And I was like, yes, this is like the universe saying like this is it. But that was March of 2019, Sandy. (laughs) So what I would do over, I I think for a couple of years, I used the excuse of like, well, I'm waiting for the right name. And it came. Um, But it took me until uh, this May to finally launch it. And I think um, what looking back on that, I think I was, you know, working through some fear of like putting myself out there and what comes with that. 
And um, so I would just be, I would have just, I, I just would have moved that a lot faster because <laughs> it is such so a joy to So if you were going to give world. somebody, because we all can learn, like, this yeah. is the whole idea. We want people, we're not perfect. You yeah. Know? We do lots of stuff. Yep. And yes, I used to like, here's one thing I used to say. I was like you, I was reading your, some of your bio and I would mm-hmm. sugarcoat too much. And you know what? There's a difference between finding solutions and coming from a powerful position and yet you got to bring out what's going on. You know, you yeah. got to keep it real. And and we are on the same wavelength. When I was reading, like we were saying, Ooh, they were so right. When some of your coworkers yeah. were telling you, you know, you're yeah. sugarcoating too much, Yeah. but there's a difference between, Hey, you can learn from it. Other, you know, future leaders, younger people can learn. This is something that I would have done differently. That's different. You know what I mean? That's different than regrets, you know, because, mm-hmm. hey, it got you here. Absolutely. And I agree. I've done the same thing where, you know, it, with my book, well, once I did that and once I get, but really I was not ready. You know what I mean? I just yeah. wasn't ready. But yeah. the other thing that I hear people say, even you know, when starting podcasts, like I've been doing this for a while, but I hear people say, you know, they'd really like to do podcasts. And I heard one guy say, just get on and do it. Like, don't wait until you're perfect. Put it out there. Now, you don't have to launch huge and announce it to the world, but just get started. And that's what I hear you saying. Like, I could have just put myself out there before having the, ah, illuminate right yeah yeah sure and um I I think uh and I did put myself out there I wouldn't have been doing this work for five years um so uh and I think um when I uh the name that it was you know it just it just took me a little longer because I was I was and I realized I was like okay there's something more going on than the name and I had to just look at that and say what is the lesson here and the lesson was you know I, you know, it, it was just like unpacking that fear. And that's what I do in Illuminate. Let's let's look at what's right underneath and what what um, kind of invisible uh, things that we can surface that may be holding us back. And so um, so I did that. And I actually um, I actually called a colleague who's a coach and I said, hey, I'm noticing <laughs> that I am like. I'm kind of dragging my feet here and I think something's going on. Will you help me? You know, we, we all we all can use support in that, like, yeah. you know, and kind of unlocking those um, limiting beliefs and, and moving past them. And that's what I do as a coach. So, you know, it's, uh, you know what, Marion, that's so glad that you shared that because you walk the walk and you talk the yes. talk. So I you're saying, cause you know, when I'm reading through, like you said, there's things you have to look at and have to face. Yeah. And when you saw, okay, there's something more than just the name here. Mm-hmm. You sought help, which is one of the points I always made. Don't think you can be a know-it-all. Everyone needs, I don't care where you are and you think you've arrived. Everyone needs mentors and guides. Absolutely. You know? I mean, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be a coach, right? Because right. yeah. like well, Every coach I know has coaches, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. My. Yeah. I got a coach. When I started coaching five years ago, I got a coach first. I said this is the second time I've had coaching because I was like, I need to really understand what is the experience like so I can be in my client's shoes. I, that's Absolutely. important to me. I've always been in my, like, I'm always kind of can relate to my clients from having been in their shoes for sure. So yeah, absolutely. We have to ask for help. It's like, that's why we can all lean on each other's talents and gifts to like, you know, uh, get unstuck. And I really believe in that. Yeah. And you know, it's hard. It's so much easier when it's other people's sticky Wiccans, I call them. But when it's our own, I mean, I remember years ago when someone said to me, you're hiring someone, but you're my guru. You're making oh, me doubt yeah. 
Uh your ability. And I said, if I don't think I'm seeking help from other mentors, you shouldn't hire me. You know know what I mean? Like, it's the opposite. She was like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you need somebody, why am I hiring you? And I'm like, it's totally the opposite. You want me to constantly seek growth and knowledge and self-discovery, you know? Oh my gosh. I, I, yes. So true. And you look at like our top athletes, like look at the best you know, Simone Biles. I'm going to pick her. She popped into my mind. as like this, you know, Uber decorated, uh, with neck dripping with gold medals gymnast, right? She is so yeah. amazing and talented. She has a coach. She's always working to get better. Like she has already achieved the pinnacle of everything she could achieve. And she's, you know, our, like we don't ever stop growing and learning like the, and that's what's, kind of exciting. And we, and there's other people that can help us to do that, hold us accountable, push us beyond things that we didn't know were capable and also just help us kind of unpack those limiting beliefs. I think it's so important. Totally agree. You know, Marion, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of all the times I've been so stubborn. Like I, do you ever think of this? Maybe you don't, (laughs) I should know that already. I should have gotten that down. Why didn't I get that lesson? How could I be repeating this? You know, like, why am I still here? Come on, at this age of the game, I should know that already. And then I get almost feeling bad or guilty that I had to seek out for something I should get. Mm. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know. know? Is that the way you still feel? Or or is that just looking back? (sighs) I think there are times I still, that's my sticky I call uh-huh. me Sticky Wiccan, like not as much, you know what I mean? Because I do have mentors and guides, but there are times I go, are you kidding me, Weston? Like, why <laughs> didn't you see that? Mm. You know, I'm really tough on myself. And I think a lot of women leaders are like, they, they're just so tough on themselves and they think they should know everything and you can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're uh, not that way, but that, we all no, have our area. You know? I, I don't know any person that isn't that way. I do a lot of work with women's with women leaders. And um, one of the things we, we do in our, our sessions, um, uh, I lead uh, the Philadelphia chapter of a group called Tide Risers. And we come together monthly and we work on our we work on all these things as in Ooh. a community. It's really it's really a cool space. We actually have our June session tonight. And, um, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the, one of the first sessions we do, um, like we all think we're alone in that and, and we're not like, and so yeah. it's, you've probably heard of the idea of the inner critic. Have you heard of this? Yes. yes yeah. Yes. So that, that's what's going on, right? Like, so it's like yeah. this, it's this voice inside of our head. That's, it's really there to serve us. It's really there to protect us. And it's, pro- it's protecting us from fear. It's protecting us from getting hurt. Um, and we women especially are socialized to, um, to like, we're socialized to like not get hurt and not be afraid because if you look back at history, we depended on men. And so we had to be liked. Mm. We had to be like, like it wasn't that long ago that we had no power, no power to vote, no power to own land, no power to have certain roles. And so when you think about where that comes from, we, our survival depended on being liked, being seen as good, Ah. being seen as competent, right? And I love, I never thought of it that way. Now I have to admit, I wish I could say that was, well, that's not my original idea. I read, <laughs> I read that in a book by Tara Moore, who was a really awesome women's leadership person. She has a book called playing big. Um, and I read that down playing big. Yeah. Okay. Tara Moore. She's great. M O H R. And, and, and I, I really had an aha when I read that, like we come by this, not just by, it's not, it's, we are programmed that way, but it's, it's mostly how we're socialized. I mean, and all humans have this, um, 
it's called your, you know, all humans, male, female, any gender, we all have um, this kind of internal protection system and that keeps us safe. And we have a physical one, the same thing that, you know, if you're out in the woods and you see a tiger, it's the, it's the thing that kicks into gear to protect you, to build up your adrenaline so that you can run from the tiger, right? Fight, flight, right. or freeze. Yeah, but we yeah. also have an emotional one and our body doesn't know the difference. And so when it senses a fear, that's when our inner critic is going to start yelling at us because it's like, alert, alert, alert. Something yeah, is going to yeah. hurt you. Now, because of our socialization as women and what we have learned about what women need to survive in the world because of history and, you know, what we yeah. just talked about, then that voice can be even louder because our survival actually did depend upon it. Um, so so what I do with women and I try to do with myself is like notice that voice and also notice how it's talking to you. So Sandy, when that, um, when that, uh, what'd you call it? A stick wiki? My sticky wicked. Sticky wicked. <laughs> <laughs> when your sticky wicked is like yelling at you, just ask your, know, know that it's part of you, but it's not all of you. So what I, yeah. what I try to do is have people shift their relationship to it. So don't fight it. Cause it's going to get louder if you fight it, yeah. but look at it and go, Oh, there you are again. What are you here to do? Um, what, why are you here right now? What are you trying to protect me from? If we can look at it with gentleness as like a critical friend, um, that somebody that actually has our back, we can totally let it not dominate us. You, I like that gentleness. Like, yeah. why are you here again? Yes. Instead get of pushing it down till it yes. comes up bigger. Yeah. Yes. I, I Absolutely. That. Get curious and with, with compassion um, about like, Hey, you're here. You are again. What, why, what do you, why are you here right now? What are you here to teach me? What do you want me to know? And if you can kind of engage with it that way, then you can, then you, then you'll understand what, why you are feeling that way. And then you can say, okay, cool. I've got this. I'm good. Yeah, and like so that. try to not fight that little, um, you know, sticky Wiccan, but, uh, yeah. it's just, <laughs> And break, give it a hug and you'll see that it'll really change if you give yeah. it some, some care. You know what? We could do that. I was thinking that because when you have anxiety and you're overwhelmed and you get really stressed and all these thoughts come in your brain, you're supposed to do the same thing. Like don't yes. pretend you're happy when you're not, but don't give it legs, but acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, how you're feeling, you know, and address it. Like it's okay. It's not who I am. So it, just apply the same theory to this. Yeah. You know, it's like you're instead of like, because if you're angry and you're frustrated, a lot of times, you know, if you think you have to be so perfect, you, you pretend it's not that you're not angry, you're not frustrated, and you're not having those thoughts. So you, is it the same thing? Like, don't deny it. Just say, all right, I'm having this thought. It's okay. It's not who I am. And acknowledge why you're feeling that way. Absolutely. It's the oh. same thing. It's okay. it's kind of like a different, um, it's like it shows up in different ways. Um, yeah. and yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it's a version of that for sure. Yeah. I always and, say anxiety can be very bossy. Can mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And, and again, it's coming. And I love what you said about acknowledge. Um, there's so much work out there about, we can't shift what we can't acknowledge. Yeah. And so it's, isn't you know, that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if we keep denying, if we keep, you know, and so we get busy. So going back to the the lesson, you know, the, the do over for me, like I was, I was too busy to even acknowledge why I was putting off my website. And so there is Ugh. this, you know what I mean? Right. You yes. get busy, you're going through your day and I'm like, Oh, why am I not getting to this? Why am I not getting to this? And if I really stop and think, and I got to admit, Sandy, I made it sound like it was quicker when I got the coach. It wasn't until the pandemic 
when we everything slowed down, life slowed down. I was mm. no longer getting on planes, going to workshops. Yep. And I was like, that's when I had nowhere to hide. I couldn't keep like running away from the fact that I was um, putting this off. And that's when I said, okay, I, need, I have no excuse now. I'm, I'm, I have time. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And, uh, and so that's when I, um, I, that's what I called my, my coach, my friend who's a coach and said, yeah. okay, I need, I need a, I need a quick, you know, express session here. <laughs> you know what? That is so important that you acknowledged it and you took it as an opportunity. Like you said, like you slowed down because a lot of people, it's socially acceptable. You know, it's not like you're sitting there getting drunk and, you know, doing drugs, <laughs> which could harm your body. Um, although it's not a judgment, I get yeah, it, but yeah. um, it's, you know, it could be harmful to you, but we, instead stay busy and we're so busy and so busy that we are literally running from things that will catch up to us one way or the other you know and the pandemic the quarantine has allowed a lot of people to take the opportunity to go introspective right which is you know uh, of all the things going on out there, you know, if you want to look at a silver lining, I think that's one like spending time with yourself, spending time with your family, yeah. doing things that you normally, you know, wouldn't do, you know, mm-hmm. I think yep. it's important. Although I do know people that we figured out ways to get extremely busy, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden we're like, okay, we can't do this. Kids, Well, wait a minute. Why am I so busy now? You know? But, right. So, well, we, there were some new challenges thrown on thrown on the the mix of like you think you should have all this time in the world, but it's like wait, suddenly I'm like homeschooling my kids. We're like still trying to true. figure out how to you know put put food on the table and yeah, yeah. So totally. and to clean the house more, clean the cooking house, yep. more, yep. you know, figuring out what the heck the technology. I got a Zoom now. Right. You know, there was all sorts but, of new skills to learn. Yes. Yeah. So I want to make sure we get this in there because you did mention one of them about compassion, but when you say, I love this. When you are seeking greater impact as a leader and or in the world, focus on the following curiosity, courage, and compassion. Why these three? Yeah. Well, these are three of my core values in my business. And I, and I, uh, realize that they're the meat. Um, if you look on my website, I have five core values. So I add connection and celebration, but these three are the meat. These are the heart of it. These are, and, and these are the core. And the reason is because, um, because to acknowledge things, what, what we were just talking about, um, we have to get curious. We have to, we, we can't acknowledge what we can't see. So that, so mm. we have to like notice like what is happening, what's happening in my body. You can't shift your relationship with your inner critic if you don't get curious about why it's there. Oh, I like saying. that. I like curious. Okay. And you can't, you can't have an impact in the world if you're not curious about why things are the way they are. So there's an inner work to it and there's an outer work. So, um, and, and that relates to my uh, passion and, and commitment to, to racial justice and, and being a leader who, who is um, really working on that. So I have to get and it's really been a it's been a guiding value in my whole life to be curious about what am I seeing? Why is it this way? How did it get this way? That curiosity has really been a driving force for me. And and again, as an example of our inner critic or example of like really understanding what's happening and why. Um, it can lead you to new insights and open our mind and perspective so we can actually, you know, have a greater impact. So that's the curious and we can dig it. Or do you want me to keep going or yeah, keep give an going. overview of each? Yeah. Courage. Okay. Courage comes right with curiosity because it takes 
courage to get curious because you might not like what you find. (laughs) I know. It's scary, man. Scary. (laughs) So if we truly want to acknowledge, you know, what's going on, it can be hard. It can, it's scary because it might hurt. It might bring up some icky feelings and I I shouldn't even say might, it probably will. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but we, that's, that doing that, addressing those feelings of that may be difficult feelings to hold is, and then looking at what is that about and then coupling it with compassion. Okay. I'm, I'm, I care, like I'm like some self-care around this and compassion for yourself that you're just, you know, uh, I'm not saying like a cheerleading of yourself, but like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is hard. This, but I'm, I'm appreciate that I'm looking at it or whatever it is. Like just a little bit of compassion in there, um, can help you then move to the next point. It gives you greater em- empathy, greater understanding so that you can grow to what we talked about in the beginning. You can grow yourself as a leader and you can grow your impact with deeper awareness of what's really going on um, mm-hmm. and deeper resilience, emotional resilience of how to manage it without kind of falling apart. So it's this um, combination of the inner work and the external work and those three um, actions, get curious, mm-hmm. be courageous to feel all the feels and have a little bit of compassion for yourself and others as you do can help us show up in ways that really allow us to grow and have deeper impact. And I'm happy to expand on anything, but that's yeah. the you overview. Know, it seems like, okay, this, this seems reasonable and all leaders should embrace this, but you're just, as you're sitting here talking, I was thinking of this one time, mm-hmm. um, that I was working with a client on this big project and he, this gentleman had difficulty making decisions. And so no one wanted to do the project with him because he was building all these sites and he would just spin his wheel and everyone would be like, you talk. And finally he said, somebody said, you know what? You really have difficulty making decisions. You're going to run out of money here. And so he comes to me and goes, Sandy, you always tell the truth. You know, what do you think? I said, you don't, you don't really want to talk about this with me. No, I want your honest opinion. And so I, I said, I think you would be better off handing that portion to someone else because that isn't your strength. Mm-hmm. And he, this, this is why some of these people don't want to say, and he literally, and this was a very powerful businessman in Philly. He yeah. literally said, well, your opinion is stupid. Mm. And in front of all these men. And so I thought, well, and I said like this, well, there's that. <laughs> That went well. And everyone denied they said it. And everyone went flying. You know what I mean? All these men. And I thought, I think it's so easy to look at ourselves and go, okay, I'm not perfect. And well, thanks for sharing. And, you know, I appreciate it. But another leader, and I told somebody else this, one of my mentors, and he said, Sandy, people don't want to hear the truth. What is wrong with you? Most people don't. It's too difficult for them to admit they're not perfect. I don't know what you think about that, Marion, but that was a lot for me to handle. Hmm. What, t- so what, how did you handle it? What happened for you? And then I'll come back to your to thoughts on it. Uh, so what happened? I said, okay, I thought you wanted me to be honest with you. And I, you have so many great abilities and you're really creative, but I think at some point you should hand it off or you will run out of money. And I know all these people here, I was very honest, are ditching me and hanging me out to dry. Mm. (laughs) But I believe that that's how I best serve you. And he didn't say anything for three days. 
And three days later, he called me and apologized. (gasps) And he said, you know what? I don't always like what you say, but you just don't tell me what I want to hear. And I'm sorry I acted. He said, I'm sorry I acted like a baby is what he said. So it was a great outcome. So how did you feel about that? Well, I was so happy to get that validation. It was such a great feeling. But for three days, I had to be okay that I did the right thing. And so my business partner at the time said, how do you feel about that? I said, I'm glad I did it because he, I don't usually, you know, if you're paying me for this and you ask my opinion, I'm going to be as kind and loving, but I'm going to tell you my opinion. You know, and it's a shame that you other eight ran away from me, but they didn't want to lose their jobs. They didn't want to lose the contract. Do you you know what I mean? They didn't. Absolutely. Well, that's why it's called courage. That's why it's not just called like, um, I don't know, talking because, (laughs) right? Because courage means there's a risk. I mean, that's what courage is. There's a, there's a. I had no idea he was going to say, well, your idea is stupid. I, I had no idea. But the fact that forget that, that he came back three days later and called me and said he was sorry and that he appreciates me and he knows that I care about him and his money. And he was a baby. Huge. That's huge. Well, and that, that's you having compassion because if you didn't have some care for him and how he was screwing up his business, you would not. And you, you coupled that with, with, uh, excuse me, courage and, um, taking that risk to say this thing to him then that's exactly, that's why you had the great outcome. Like, I mean, and he could have, he could have never, he could have never heard you, but at some point I believe you planted it. Like you obviously had an impact. It is possible that he could have not come back to you and apologize. But even if like, I, I would venture, I would strongly make a bet on the fact that you, that a seed would have been planted regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you know what, because some of those people may not admit it, but I know even when I said things to people, yeah. they won't say they're sorry, but then you notice I'm doing different things. Yeah. You know, if you well, come from love, it's a different place than fear and they get it. Don't you think they get it? They may not want to hear what you have to say, but at least they'll take it in. I, I don't know. I, I think it takes a lot of courage to receive feedback. We talk so much about giving feedback, um, but we, uh, we don't talk about uh, there's, there are some good books out there on receiving feedback, but we're not really Ooh. taught as leaders how to receive feedback. No, it, that's true. It takes a lot of courage to ask for feedback. It takes a lot of courage re- to receive feedback. So this person was asking for feedback, but he wa- but he wasn't in an emotional state to be ready to receive something he didn't want to hear. So I don't believe all people are that way all the time, but no. I believe that's a skill and a, a we have to um, develop, and that yeah. takes courage to receive it because you're it's going to come. You're some uncomfortable feelings are going to come up. You might feel shame. You might feel embarrassed. You might yeah. feel stupid in front of people like he's feeling, you know, so he reacted in a defensive way um, because he was trying probably to preserve his ego in that moment because yes. it was yeah. bringing up these uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. But he thought about it because you you made an impact because yeah. you told him the truth. And that's what matters. I mean, you're he's going to remember that feedback forever. Yeah. And I, I don't so. know, I don't know if it's always you came from a place of love, um, but sometimes people are just sharing their truth and I don't need to judge whether or not it's from love or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I, I, you know, the story yeah, on yeah. my, the story on my website of the two people who gave me really life changing feedback. Yeah. Tell that I want it. Cause <sighs> I really think that will help people. Do you mind sharing that story? Not at all. 
So it was around. I think it's really prevalent right now with what's going on. Yeah. So, so, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a not too long of a way, but, um, yeah, I was a young leader. I was, uh, very, um, mission driven. I always have been, and that's the through line of my life is kind of wanting to seeing injustice in the world and wanting to do my part to, to make it better. So I found my way into education, nonprofit leadership. Uh, we had a group of teachers that were all working in, um, low income schools and, um, and, and the schools were all serving African American and Latinx children. And we were, uh, having this, um, I, I identify as white, um, since people can't see me just naming that. And we were having a conversation with our teachers about diversity. This was in the early OOs. And our, one of our, um, black teachers came up to me and I think he was just exasperated. Like, so I, so I, I'm sure I, I, so I view his action as coming from love, but I don't think he was loving me at that moment. That's <laughs> my point. Cause I was, I'm I sure get it. it was, was so, yeah, he was yeah. like done with me. Cause I was supposed to be the leader of this group and I wasn't leading well because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I wasn't seeking to understand what I didn't know. So he comes up to me at the end. I'll never forget this. And he says, he just like shakes his head at me. And I'm like, what, what, I, why, why did this not go well? <laughs> and he says, he says, you, you just have to understand, like, or you just have to know that, that there's just, um, you do not under, it is clear to me that you do not understand what systemic racism is and why the schools that we are in are serving black and brown children. And, and until you get this, we are never going to do right by kids. Oof. And yeah, Oof. yeah. And then he walked away. And I, I think my heart just stopped. Right, right. Now this is like 20 years ago. So like, I, I don't, I don't actually remember in in my story, he walked away and it was like, (laughs) but I actually don't know if that's what (laughs) happened. I don't remember. Or it could have been that I was defensive and I tried to say, no, but I, I do know what I'm talking about. But I remember I had this little feeling inside of me. I was like, oh shit, I think he's right. And I was like, and I don't, I don't know, really know what he means at a deep level and he's right. Um, I don't know if I thought that at the moment, but at some point I just, I, that, that punch in my gut was mm. that feeling of like, yeah. there's some truth to what he's saying and, and I need to listen. Good to for you. Good for you though. I mean, that's mm. huge. Talk about courage. Most people would be like, no way, denying it, denying it and never come to that revelation, especially as a young person. I mean, that's well, a lot. That's I wish a lot I could... of emotional intelligence, you know? Well, I wish I could say I'd come to it right away. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, this, this gentleman does not know the impact he had on me because we, oh. we did not, um, I didn't, I didn't ever thank him. I didn't go back and say, thank you for sharing that. I don't, I'm not in touch with him. I don't know how to find him. Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't know that but he had changed your life, changed man. my life. Yeah. Because he, he had, he had the courage to tell me what other people I'm sure saw and weren't telling me. And so I am so grateful. So he didn't, he may not have been, I view it as an act of love because he was courageous. Yep. And, yep. and, and I, um, then I had to say, okay, what was, what was he trying to tell me? And I had to go do some work. I had to go learn. I had to, and it took me a minute. I mean, I, I can't wish yeah. I could say it was the next day. It well, of course it did. So how did it change you? What happened after that? Um, I, or how I mean, did it make you different as a leader? Moving I mean, forward? initially, I did do what you're saying most people do. I was yeah. in denial. I was trying yeah. to protect my ego and trying to prove that I was I was there for good reasons. And 
And uh, so course. I did shove it under the carpet a little bit and yeah. my emotional carpet, right? I was like, yeah. I'm stick, I'm turning that rock back under and all the little squigglies are going to stay under there and I'm going to keep moving on and not look at it. And, um, and, but then I bought a book, <laughs> a book called Why Are All the Black Children Sitting Together in the Cafeteria by Dr. Beverly Daniels Tatum. And I uh, didn't even open it because uh, I was busy, kind of like we were saying with the website. And, but it sat on my shelf and kept staring at me. And uh, I mean, it was like a couple years later, I was on a, a, a different team in a different role, but I was, had moved to Philly by this point. And uh, in my team, we wanted to have some conversations about racism. And, uh, and our team leader said, I would love for us to read this book. And I said, oh, thank you. I have this book on my shelf. Let's read it. Wow. And so we read it as a team and we discussed it and it really... Uh, and, and I'm, you know, this is a moment I'm not proud of, and now I'm airing it out on the internet that, um, you know, that, that, that it took me years to even yeah. open it. Um, but maybe I think Sandy, as I, as I talk about this, um, I, I am a collaborative person. I, I'm not trying to give myself an excuse. I should have read it earlier. There's yeah. an excuse for that. And I, um, I have, I found that I have really accelerated my learning, um, when I, when I do the work to learn and then can process it with other people and yep, make sense yep. of it. I, I so, agree. So that's why that's, and that leads into why I'm, uh, so then that was like, I would say that was the first big step of acting on that feedback. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then there was, you know, there's many, many more books, many, many more conversations, many, many more um, ahas and, and awareness of really how racism functions in this um, country, how we got here, why, why are, you know, why were the schools we're teaching in that were the most, you know, the, the schools serving the poorest kids? Why, why were they the African-American and Latinx schools? Like I, I came to understand that from a historical perspective yeah, and understanding um, that, that just, just understanding it differently. And, and it did shift my leadership to go back mm -hmm. to your question because I used to think that I was there to help others and that diversity was about other people because I'm white. Yeah. What I did not realize is that white has a culture. White has programmed us just like we talked about the male female programming. Um, it is, we are pro our society is based on our, our society was built on white having advantage um, starting back in seven. Well, you know, officially federally at the federal level, starting in 1790, a year after our constitution, when the naturalization act was passed, which um, said that only white men could own land and be citizens. Sorry, only mm -hmm. white men could be citizens. So what does that mean? Only white men can own land, only white men can vote. And um, so now you have from the beginning of the founding of our country, and even before that in the colonies, there were similar laws that institutionalized privilege to white people. So you have to go way back then to understand where this started and understand that as a white person, if I'm seeing, if I'm not acknowledging, going back to our point about acknowledging yeah. how this inequity started and how we as white people by not acknowledging what is racism and how we contribute it, if I'm not bringing that to my leadership in a social justice space, then I am missing 
the whole context that makes me effective. And if I'm not looking at how it shows up in me, so there's, that's like maybe a whole nother episode. Um, But there's a lot of work on that too, of like, you know, how have I been conditioned as a leader and how does that show up in me, which we can talk about too, if you want, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we we're, I'm so mad right now that we're running out of time. Because, <laughs> I know, know it was so much to talk about. I know. And like, I'm thinking I got 10 minutes left with you and you have so many pearls of wisdom. So we will definitely bring you back for another oh, thank segment. You. That'd be because, so fun. Yeah. Because there, there's so many things we could really, you know, dive into. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, as we're talking about uh, racism, that they had a, I guess it's called a march they did here for Black Lives Matters. And it just went from Wayne. I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia and went from Wayne to Paoli. And maybe it was like a two and a half hour walk. And so my family went out and walked. And I was nice. thinking, is this enough? Like, what am I doing? You know, whatever. And my friends um, said to me, are you kidding me? Um just you being out here with us and showing your support means a lot to us. It's showing that you're not going to put up with it too. And that made me feel better because I feel like, yes, I I should be doing more, but what can I do? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing more? And they were so grateful to have me out there, you know, and standing up for Black Lives Matters. You know, when when I'm thinking, are you sure? They're like, yep, just you being out here with your family is is a great support. I think it's a both and. Um, this is my favorite thing right now is thinking about both and like, like it is a huge support of solidarity to have, um, to have white, like it's, it's, we are white people standing in solidarity of our black friends and colleagues yeah. is saying, this is not just your issue. We are all tied up in this together. Yeah. We support you. We have your back and, and we can't let it stop at that one March. Right. So, no, so no, I no, love no. that you're asking yourself the question of like, what else can I be doing? Well, and especially the young people, my ask. son is 17 is like, mom, come on. You got to think of different ways. And I'm mm. going, you know, you got it. You got it. And he was really nervous. Like he's someone that follows all the rubes of COVID and all this other stuff. But he's like, mom, I have to like get what meant enough to him, which yeah. I was so proud, proud of. Yeah. I was like, I have to get, out there and do this. I'm like, okay, all right, we're, we're with you, dude. He goes, okay, now what else can we do? I go, you know what, Cole, the fact that you just keep asking that we're, we'll figure it out, you know, we'll figure it out. Right. It's, it's like there, there is not necessarily, there are roadmaps. There are all sorts of wonderful resources online of like, here's, you know, steps to take things to read things to do 25, you know, 25 things to do 75 actions you can take. And so, yeah, there, there's some awesome resources out there of like steps to take. And I think, I think of it a lot like as, as, um, as exercise, I know you're a fitness expert and and Mm -hmm. that's been your career and, and thinking about, we don't just exercise once and say we're done. We have to, we, we learn, we keep doing it. It becomes a practice. It becomes routine. It becomes the way we live. And I think that is, um, you know, that's that I think that's a really apt metaphor for for how we as white people can engage in racism. Like it's like, look, you know, continue to think about what do I need to exercise next in order to build my understanding in order to show my not to show, but to be in solidarity. Yeah, be in solidarity. I like um, that. And and uh, what what actions do I need to look at and, um, where systemic racism may be in our policies that are, you know, in the Wayne police force or in the school district, you know, how do we, how do we kind of get curious um, to kind of see what's underneath the surface we're not even seeing. And, and uh, if we, if we ask the right questions with that curiosity, 
we'll we'll find that we'll find that there's a lot to do. Yeah, and, I like um, that. I like calling it. I always say seeking not, but I like curiosity. I'm going to use that. Yeah. yeah, and that's where the courage comes in too, because we have to be. It may be uncomfortable to discover what we what we find, <laughs> and then we got to have that compassion for like, oh, okay, we're, we're let's let's get in here and. There's a compassion for self when we can, because it can bring up feelings of guilt or shame of like, oh, I didn't even know it was this bad or whatever it is. And then we have to like deal with that and keep going. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I think the biggest thing, if we just keep remembering, you know, it takes courage to look at all of us and that you're not perfect. And the fact that you're even willing to do it and you can love yourself unconditionally that will get you through a lot. You know what I mean? Because when they say facing your demons, I think a lot of people that don't want to do it is because they would hate themselves. Like they think, you know, and so if you can say, listen, I'm going to love myself. I'm amazing. I'm awesome. And the fact that I'm even attempting, you know, to look at this is incredible. We just have to keep saying it over and over, you know, because it's really hard. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, we don't. We can get somebody called it on the podcast I was listening to this weekend. Um, uh, you can get stuck in a shame or guilt um, cul-de-sac and keep spinning around in the cul-de-sac, yeah. and then that that's not helpful. We have to like get out of the cul-de-sac, keep walking down the path, and uh, yeah. know that we are strong and we can handle it, and and know that our our feelings as white people are nothing of what my black colleagues and friends have been experiencing their whole lives. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, I'm not trying to, com- you know, there's no comparison of, of suffering, um, but just not know that like we can handle it. We're going to handle it. We're, we're strong. We're resilient. And one of my favorite quotes, <laughs> well, you've probably heard, I don't know who said this, but I love it. It says, um, it, we, if we can feel everything, sorry, if we can feel anything, we can, oh, I'm getting it messed up. If we can feel everything, we can do anything. I've never heard that. If we can feel everything, everything. I'm going to we can stuff. do anything. It's like really empowering. I like that. If we can feel everything. I wish I knew who said it, it, but I heard it somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> yes, okay. I love it. <laughs> I pick up little quotes here and there and I just yeah. add them to my, to my uh, things that motivate me and keep me going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mary, we're going to, we don't have much yeah. time, but I want to ask you a few just fun rapid fire sure. questions. Oh, I You're love ready? that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. What do you like to do in your free time? Oh, sit on the patio with a glass of wine and chat with friends and family. Cool. Six feet away. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like fun to me. Yeah. What is there any, do you watch Netflix or Hulu? Is there any series that you binge watch or you love? Yes. Um, I am a, this is like embarrassing to admit, but those who are in this camp will be turning me on and others will be scratching their heads, but I'm a huge Real Housewives fan. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Never and then seen I watch it. shows okay. with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Favorite color? Blue. Blue. Favorite food? If it didn't matter if it was healthy or not. Favorite food? Uh, well, kind of a staple in our house that I can't live without is Trader Joe's chocolate almonds, the turbinado sugar covered dark chocolate almonds. They're so good. Are they? Yeah. I've never seen them. And they're at Trader uh, Joe's. Yeah. Turbinado sugar and sea salt covered dark chocolate almonds. They're like, I can't live without them because you can just pop like three in your mouth and you feel like had a nice, tasty, somewhat nutritious, sweet 
Just have to stop at three. All right. <laughs> Guys, don't forget there's going to be a run at Trader Joe's. Do you have a favorite book or a book that you've been reading right now that you would like to recommend? Uh, I'm reading a lot of books right now. I'm reading How to Be an Anti-Racist by uh, Ibram Kendi. A lot of people are reading that right now, and so it's out of stock. Um, but really? To read it. Yeah. The the top 10 bestseller, nonfiction bestsellers, top 10 books on the nonfiction bestseller list are all um, books about racism, which is really exciting. That um, is exciting. Yeah. I had no clue. Um, but my favorite book that really, I think, had a huge impact on my life going back was the autobiography of Malcolm X which I read, I think, in college and it, or, or high school. And I think it was very um, one of the things I would count as like really motivating me and inspiring me to, to, you know, be on this path for being, you know, working toward racial justice. Okay. I've never read that, but I'm putting it down. I read that's a million so books, but you're mentioning books I've never read. So that's cool. There's like four others that I'm reading right now. I kind of read like five books at once. <laughs> no, you know what? Everyone says that's the thing to do. Like I was always, you know, talk, read one book, finish it through, blah, blah, blah. But now everyone that's coming on, especially my young peeps are like, no, you're supposed to have at least three or four books going oh. at the same time. So we're doing it right. Nice. You're doing right. it right, baby. There you go. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> All right. We have to wrap up now. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to get out mm. before we wrap up? Oh, wow. No, I, I don't think so. You asked fa fantastic questions. I just, um, I thank you for asking the questions you did and for your positivity and, and for bringing me on. It's been a joy to talk about my journey and, um, and I hope to continue the conversation. You, you, this was great. I could talk to you for hours, Marion. It was great. Lots and lots of tidbits. How can they reach you? Tell them how to reach you. Yes, I am at illuminatecoaching.com and you can uh, find me um, on, I have a Illuminate Coaching on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And, but probably the website is the best. Or you can also email me at Marion at illuminatecoaching.com. Cool. All right, my let's keep it real people. I know you're going to say, Marion really kept it real. <laughs> <laughs> she kept it real. And I know you're going to go with a lot more food for thought about yourself and about the world. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.